Alright. I don't know if that played the intro, but uh But we're here. Well we're here. We're like it played it, but it didn't do like the music and everything. Alright. Regardless, we're here, we're live and the we people are. are not watching. I mean they are watching. They are watching. It has been say. what, two weeks? It's been a minute. Yeah, has been a minute thanks to some time conflicts. We were gonna have a special guest um for the past two weeks or a couple of t- uh episodes we planned but things kind of fell through uh there so hopefully holidays. we can get those yeah the holidays kind of messed everything up so hopefully we can get those guys back on at a at a later date um we do have peyton manning coming i'm just kidding guys um that would be dope though <laughs> Taylor, taylor's like that's news to me <laughs> we do <laughs> Yeah, he uh he promised uh, bring on Tom Brady and a couple of the other guys. So, oh okay, the yeah. goat. Gotcha, gotcha. The goats yeah. bringing the goat. Yeah, yeah. New sheriff yeah. down. All right, guys, let's break it. Let's go into this college edition. Uh, so USC. I know Taylor's ready to talk about this. Lincoln Riley is now one in five in his bowl games. Uh, so he might have took Oklahoma, uh, all the way to LA. But uh, even in the city of stars, he's still a little starstruck when it comes to the bowl games. He is a great college coach, but how great is he if he can't get over that hump of winning a bowl game? Especially against, listen, and we love, everyone knows we love Tulane here um, at the booth, right? Uh, We got mad love for the Green Waves. But this is a game that with Caleb Williams and the amount of talent that USC has should have one maybe not handedly because Tulane had a solid season, but they should have won. And the fact that um, again, uh, Lincoln Riley has lost a game he should have won. I know that hits home for you as an Oklahoma fan, Taylor, uh, being in the playoffs a couple times and a couple bowl games as him as head coach, uh, where maybe you guys should have won and that defense does not show up. And again, that defense did not show up in LA um, for the LA or. USC. So, Taylor, take that away. Let me give me your thoughts on that USC Tulane game. Um, and just kind of well, let's talk about Lincoln Riley here. Well, first, we got to give credit to Caleb Williams because I think I don't know what he ended with, but he had five touchdowns when I was uh, watching. Uh, before it ended, I had to go out to town with the family. But Caleb Williams played a great game. I mean, we got to give him credit. You know, he's he's balling out. He balled out this year. He won the Heisman. I believe he was uh, deserving of that uh, award. Uh, so definitely want to shout him out. Uh, as far as Lincoln Riley, the biggest issue here is the defense, like you said. He took the same defense and the same defensive coordinator that we had in Oklahoma and then just took them out to L.A., thought they were going to just flourish and be this national championship team. But you took the same game plan that you've had for the past can't even remember how many years and it's failed each and every single time we play really good offense but then we give up like 55 points when we only put up 50 that doesn't win you any games it's a terrible play play design whatever you want to call it it's horrible uh i think grinch is a terrible defensive coordinator and moving into a different conference you can't play big 12 defense big 12 defense doesn't win national championships yeah. Hopefully TCU isn't going to be playing Big 12 defense against the Georgia team because if they do, 
that's a wrap for you guys. But they've been playing really good defense, so and we'll talk about that later. But yeah. I think with Oklahoma transitioning into the SEC and having a uh, ACC uh, former defensive coordinator coming in and being able to he's played against SEC teams in the championships and other games so he knows how to build a defense I think in the future Oklahoma is going to be set but in order for Lincoln Riley and USC to actually amount to anything get over get that past home. that threshold yeah. they're going to have to bring in like an SEC guy or somebody who's been able to go up against the SEC you know big five schools you know you got uh, Alabama and all them you know if you can defend those guys find one of those guys bring them in and I guarantee you they will absolutely demolish anybody that comes in front of them because they have yeah. a really good defense I mean Caleb Williams is a great quarterback uh, their wide receivers are filthy running back game is strong offensive line is great but once you get on that defensive side of the ball, it's just, I mean, the weak, weak points are just everywhere. So yeah. I don't know if it's so much on Lincoln Riley as a head coach or a terrible uh, read of coaches, coaches that he's hiring because, yeah. I mean. He's not good with uh, defensive coordinators, it seems. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, it, literally, USC's season this year, was Oklahoma's for like the past five years. Yeah. It's just you do really good, and then at the end of the season, when you face a team outside of your conference, now now got I, I mean I didn't watch too much Oklahoma football when he was there. Um, as far as defense goes, uh, I do remember you always complaining about your run defense, and uh, the run defense for USC gave up 205 yards to uh, Tajai Spears, and he had four touchdowns. He averaged 12 yards a carry. Um, and then Shady, you know, Clayton Johnson, who he hyped up when he transferred, uh, he had one carry of 19 yards. So he didn't get too much touches, but he still got a 19-yard uh, carry right there, which is a big chunk of change right there for only having one, one yard or one carry. Uh, so I think I think with USC, their issue, it, obviously it's not the offense, right? They have a stellar yeah. offense. They are going to be losing uh, Jordan Addison to the NFL draft. Um, they only have Caleb Williams one more year. I want to pose this question to you: Is the hire of Lincoln Riley a dud if he use, he can't have or he doesn't have Caleb Williams in the at least the college playoffs next year? Like if he doesn't bring his team to the college football playoffs with the arsenal that he has at USC and the upcoming freshman class that he has coming in, um, is he a dud as a hire? I wouldn't say a dud uh, within two years. I would say that it's going to be a disappointment with the team that they do have coming into next season because they're not losing a bunch of vital parts that have made that offense uh, what it is. Uh, so I would say that it would be a disappointment. And I know a lot of USC fans kind of be upset and a couple of Oklahoma fans are going to kind of be pointing and laughing like, Haha, yeah, now you guys are getting the taste of our medicine. Yeah. You know, he, did this for five years uh, and then dipped out on us and ruined our entire program. Uh, <laughs> he's going to do the same thing to you guys. But here, he's here, one of those coaches. Here, here is here's the thing that that worries me. I know Lincoln's a great recruiter, right? He's they've got a top fifteen class, um, which to me, like I know he's a great recruiter and I know he's a good. I'm not going to say he's not a good head coach, but here's the issue. Like he, they landed uh, Malachi Nelson, who's the number. Uh, one quarterback in the state of um, 
California number two overall. They got Zachariah Branch, who put on a clinic at the Under Armour All-American game, returning a uh, punt return, 90-something yards for a touchdown to put his team up top. They got Makai Lemon, who's a five-star. I mean, they've got uh, on the defensive uh, line. So they've got they've got some talent coming in. But when Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma, is out recruiting you still, to me that's an issue because you're, you're in L.A. That is not a hard pitch. Listen, no. I'm, like coming from you know someone who grew up in California, and I'm not a huge fan of L.A., L.A. or Norman, Oklahoma, as a recruit, I'm going, especially for the NIL yeah. opportunities, <laughs> LA is I'm going to problem. L.A., um, especially because, you know, it's near Long Beach. You know, it, it's a pretty area where USC is um, located at. So the fact that uh, Oklahoma is sitting at what um, the number five class, according to 247 Sports, and uh, USC sitting at 15, that slightly concerns me. Now, there is a, obviously, you know, talent versus, like, quanti- quality over quantity. Uh, USC is sitting at a total of... Um, 20 commits, uh, Oklahoma sitting at 25. However, Oklahoma has got a solid class themselves. They just have a little more three stars. Um, but to, to stick with USC, again, that concerns me. Yes, they got the number one receiver. They got potentially the number one quarterback um, in this 2023 class. And they, they have some solid solid foundational pieces coming in to replace Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison. They have Brennan Rice, uh, Jerry Rice's uh, son, for another year who has – Looked solid from since transferring from Colorado. But is, like, okay, so you got Oregon killing it, Utah killing it, UCLA's on the uprise. They got Dante Moore, flipped him from Oregon. Do you still consider uh, USC the top dog of the Pac-12 uh, next year? Or... Do you think there's a little uh, tighter conference than most people were giving credit to? Because right now, they've already basically gave Caleb Williams the Heisman next year at this point. Yeah. Like he's hyped up, and deservingly yeah, so. I think like a number two lock in the way too early predictions. Yeah, yeah, and deservingly so. He's a solid quarterback. But is that is is it going to be a closer race in the Pac-12 than we think it is, or is it just USC? USC's to lose. Uh, I will say if Utah can capitalize on this season. It'll definitely be a closer uh, race than just, you know, USC at the top. Because mm-hmm. uh, now that conference is starting to become a little more of a uh, I want to get there kind of conference because of USC and UCLA. You know, those two schools had a really good season, and now it's starting to be a little more, like, enticing to recruit. So, like, yeah, yeah, you know, they're starting to get on the up and up. They used to be kind of like a, eh, conference but now it's kind of like all right now we got a heisman trophy winner uh we have uh uc usc uh who pretty much almost made the college football playoffs ucla who had a really good season uh utah just came out and smacked around the number one team in that conference usc and pushed them out of the playoffs i mean it's a tight-knit group right now and if those teams can capitalize on what they produce this season it's going to be a fun conference to watch, and I think it's going to be really enticing for uh, players to want to go and play. So my so question I, I don't, is, I don't, I don't think USC is going to be like right now. I don't think I can say USC is going to be the number one. Team so in that way, conference. so way too early predictions, right? Um, and I'll give my prediction after you give yours. Um, 
Who wins, and this is way too early, but who wins the Pac-12 next year and why? I mean, as it sits right now, I'm just going to say USC. And I'm going to say that because Caleb Williams and the type of player he is, this was his first season as a starter uh, from the beginning. I think he, the way that he prepares himself for games is a very like in-depth, fully organized, uh, you know, puts his mind 100% to what he wants to succeed. And if he's able to do that with his teammates and get them in the same mindset and be like, hey, we messed up last season. You know, we're a new team. This is our first year all together. Let's lock in. Let's all get on the same page. And then Lincoln Riley goes out and finds a new defensive coordinator or figures out that. I think USC is 100% going to take it if they can get on the same page and get that defense fixed. If they cannot get that defense fixed and Utah is able to capitalize on the season they just had and they can get a nice quarterback in there, because I can't remember if... Cam Rising, uh, I believe, is leaving for the NFL. I think he's out of... Okay. Um, I think he's out. And that that's the reason why I was going to say Utah, but I think that's the reason why I'm kind of hesitant, because I don't know who they've really got stepping in. Um, yeah, if they get, a, if they get somebody that's in. able to uh, come into that position and either be just as good or better, Utah has a good shot. Because, I mean, they were able to, I think, twice they were able to pinpoint the weaknesses in that defense and their offense and able to pick and prod and beat them and push them out of the playoffs. So they have U, uh, USC's number. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Utah to take it. But as of right now, I'll say USC uh, just because of the pieces that they already have and being able to get one more year under their belt as a full team, I think they got it. Yeah, so I do I do like USC. However, they're not going to be my choice just because I've seen Lincoln Riley uh, in big-time games kind of I – mean, again, maybe you say it's defense, but as a head coach, you play a part in that. I don't know if I trust trust uh, Lincoln Riley. I'm going to go – I want to go Oregon because Bo Nix is returning. He's got a 70% completion percentage, which is outrageous. Um <laughs> Way better than uh, what he was at Auburn. Yeah. I think Oregon's completely a fast different team. Player. Yeah, completely different player. I think Oregon way suits him better than Auburn ever did. But um, yeah, I think he's a solid quarterback, probably a future backup quarterback. I'm not going to put him out there as a starter or anything. I know Oregon fans are like, oh, Bo Nix, Bo Nix for six. Yeah, 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 you know, he's great. Um, and he is a, a solid quarterback. Um, I think Oregon has the tools, the speed, and the defense to stop USC, but a sleeper, I don't want to, I know, listen, it's going to be Dion Primetime's first year as a P5 coach in the Pac-12. They have Shadur Sanders. They're going to have Travis uh, Hunter. They might potentially, I don't know if you saw the, uh, the Under Armour All-American game, Cromani McLean was semi-hesitant yeah. when he yeah. said that he was going I, to go I to Miami. I wouldn't say semi-hesitant. He was like, who's on your list? And he was like, yeah, Miami. Man. And then he was That's like, it. It's like Miami, the only score of their others, and he was like, <laughs> "My man was a little dazed." Now he was seen like, wearing a Ohio State cap uh, during the game as well, uh, so that I mean that wasn't even made his list. So the yeah. big thing for him, you know, side note is that he said he wants to play early, which I don't think he's ready to. He's only 165 pounds. He's six foot one, 165. While he is great te- uh, technician, uh, I think he needs to add a little more weight. Uh, specifically, if people were books. Yeah. That man would be a thriller because. 
yeah, every time he's talking or he's brought up into a story, it's like, where's this man gonna go? Yeah, I don't. And uh, Sharif Denson, again, side note, close friend of Kamani, he's committed to Florida. He said, my man just need to pick a school because right now, <laughs> like, he's like, he's like, basically, I'm gonna, and I don't have the direct quote in front of me. So if you guys are interested in it, just look on Twitter, look up Sharif, uh, Sharif Denson. Uh, I think you said Kamani. he was gonna. He was going to announce his commitment on the 12th or the 15th, 15th. of this month. Uh, 15th is Kamani McLean's commitment, and that's because that's the last day to enroll at whatever school he plans on to. He's trying to enroll early, so that's the last cutoff for spring enrollee. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't think he's going to Ohio State, but he said he wants to play early. I guess Miami would be it because they lost a lot of transfers. They could go to Colorado, Pac-12. Maybe he's got more of a Pac-12 ready size, and, you know, he wants to play for Dion. That would be a tenacious uh, – you know, little corner there, Travis Hunter, Kamarni McLean. Alabama, Richard Young just tweeted out about a couple hours ago at Kamarni McLean, uh, and they already got Desmond Ricks, who's the number two corner in this class. He's saying, hey, man, you know you know where home is? Come to Alabama. Desmond Ricks and a Kamarni McLean uh, combo would be would be pretty stellar. Um, so, you know, Colorado, Colorado gets that Kamarni McLean. They have Travis Hunter. They have Shudder Sanders, um, you know, they got Kevin Coleman. They got they've got a plethora of talent coming in. They are bringing Louie. They got a lot of four star, five star uh, uh, transfer defensive lineman, offense lineman. So they're getting big up front. That could be my sleeper. I just don't see it um, year one. I think they'll win about five or I think six games for them year one. Dion Prime is a solid start. Uh, just because you know it's going to take some time. They you know they got Edwards who was originally committed to. Uh, Notre Dame he runs like a four three forty at running back, but you can't expect a bunch of freshmen to, you know, win you a bunch of games. So that would be my sleeper. It is the Pac twelve. They're not as good as maybe these other conferences. They are better than ACC, but I don't know. That's my give up. I'm saying Oregon. You saying USC? Correct. Correct. All right, guys. That's it uh, for that segment of Lincoln Riley Pac twelve kind of. Uh, nonsense there that video will be put out obviously we kind of break these videos up in sections on our youtube so if you don't want to watch the whole podcast you can sign up kind of see important segments we want to talk about uh, another another coach or uh, we talked about Dion and some other coaches lincoln riley etc big name coach wolverines man jim harbaugh reached out to the carolina panthers about their head coaching job uh, he has expressed interest to multiple nfl teams that he wants to return to the league uh, your thoughts and opinions, Taylor. I definitely think it's time with Michigan's coming to an end. I think the it, when he joined up with Michigan, there was this, uh, I don't know if it was a spoken promise or kind of like an unspoken promise that he was going to bring a championship to that uh, school. And he's yet to capitalize on that. I know uh, Michigan fans, it's kind of a we win it all or we don't win anything type of deal. It's not like uh, – you know, a lot of other schools are like, all right, we want a bowl game. Good season. I'm happy with it. We had a winning record. Let's go. Michigan is two things. We have to beat Ohio State every single time we see them. And we have to win a national championship. Those are the only two things that will make Michigan fans happy. I think that would be <laughs> that would, yeah. beating your rival and winning a national championship is probably the yeah. staple to any big-time university, though. <laughs> yeah. But like, Michigan is, like, that's what we got to have. Yeah. You know, I mean, Alabama was – fans were upset that they didn't make the playoffs. 
but with their bowl game, the stadium was packed full. Yeah. They won their game. They were excited. You know, they're like, you know, we missed out, but it's whatever. You know, so it was it was actually refreshing to see how Alabama and Alabama fans took that. But Michigan is they're pissed every single season they don't win <laughs> a national game. Why wouldn't they? Every man, they, they live up in the cold. Fair enough. <laughs> they walk but out and I, it's like, I, think, oh, I hate life. Wolverines, I, man. <laughs> I think the Harborough uh, era is coming to an end. I think the Panthers would be a good uh, spot for him. He, I mean, it's a depleted team, so he yeah. can make it what he wants. It's not a, I'm coming into a team that's already established, and I have to run with kind of what they have going on. This is going to be a uh, sh- straight up from scratch team that he's going to be able to build, create into what he needs and wants to create. Uh, I think a couple of other jobs are other teams out there that could possibly snatch him up. I think the, uh, I'm not going to say the uh, Jets yet. I think they're probably going to have another year or two before they make a uh, coaching decision. Uh, the Broncos would be a good fit. I mean, Harbor already knows how to coach in the NFL and Russell Wilson is a seasoned veteran who's just having a horrible season. But I think that if he gets the right coach in there, he can turn it around yeah. and the Broncos, if they remain healthy this upcoming season with Harborough, they could actually have a really good season. I think that would be a good fit for him. Uh, the Cardinals, I think he would be a great fit there also. Um, I mean, there's a couple of places where he could really fit in because he's a smart guy, a good coach. He just hasn't been able to uh, articulate a national championship. How about the Raiders? Josh McDaniels is the Ra- losing the team there. You know, Devontae Adams said he only came to Vegas because of Dave, uh, David Carr and or Derek. I'm pretty Derek. sure the Raiders said that they cannot financially afford a new head coach and they're stuck with what they Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Look at that. Again, yeah, memory, uh, memory of a goldfish here. <laughs> yeah, I think they're uh, – that's done. I don't – I'm not even going to want to touch – I mean, I, I kind of want to touch it, you know, with the Raiders because I think Carr needs to just – dip out i need i think they need to i think him. it's time like they just signed him to a big time contract but i think uh he's gonna waive his no trade clause a team that maybe if the colts don't go for a young quarterback i mean that's kind of been the team in the nfl that kind of takes the old man quarterback or the the quarterback that no one else wants uh them and the Broncos, quarterback. Man. i think they, that if they he goes take to the, the colts, leftovers yeah they take they do take the leftovers but i think if the colts get Carr, that they are a legitimate playoff team uh in the yeah. afc south so uh, I don't think that's a bad fit. Or know. the the Colts could be a good fit for Harborough because I don't think Saturday's the the answer yeah, for the and, Colts. And he is a Colts, be a Colts legacy. You know, he, yeah. he did play quarterback there and quarterback there, yeah. captain comeback. So maybe a car, you know, Harbaugh kind of solution. Or maybe, <laughs> imagine this, Harbaugh selecting the Ohio State quarterback <laughs> to coach because uh, he knows them firsthand. And yeah. Ohio State fans would be livid. They're like, a Michigan coach is yeah. coaching Ohio State court. But like, what is this nonsense? You know, let bygones like, I want to root but... for the player, but I don't want to root for the coach. I hope <laughs> they win, but I hope they don't. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's a scenario that could possibly possibly happen. Um, I don't know. I think Harbaugh is a, he's ready to be in the NFL. But, now, now, let's put this out there, man. If you're a recruit, who got recruited hard by Michigan and you're think you're going you're going in twenty twenty three recruit and you're going to Michigan because of Harbaugh and his coaching and stuff like that and all of a sudden he dips for the NFL. Would you feel slighted in a little bit? I think I would feel a little slighted. Yeah. I mean if 
I think a large portion of recruiting comes down to the personal connection that these players and coaches have. Like, hey, look, man, I just want to let you know that I think you're a great person. You know, they get on that personal yeah. level and try to build that uh, relationship. And if that comes down to Harborough's like, all right, I'm out. You know, appreciate it. You know, Michigan, you guys were great. I love to hear. Uh, this is one of my fondest memories. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. As a recruit, I'm going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> this man was in my living room talking about how, like, you and I are going to win a national championship. Yeah. You know, we're going to get you ready for the NFL. And my this man's mom, like, My Peace. mom made you dinner. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's going to suck. And a lot of people are going to feel yeah. slighted. But at the end of the day, everybody needs to understand that it's a business. It is a business. Regardless of what point, yeah. anybody says, it's always going to be a business and it's about money and setting up your family for the best possible scenario. But sometimes there are relationships that are uh, created from a business that do mean something and actually carry on like uh, Minshew and uh, Mike Leach. Like that was an yeah, actual that bond that those two had. A great bond. Uh, I mean, there's just players and coaches that will have that bond, but at the end of the day, it needs to be understood that it's a business and he's not doing he won't be doing it out of hate or like you know hate for michigan or anything like that or the players he recruited the players that he has it'd be more of trying to get back into because when he left the 49ers he left with the nfl with a winning record with with a super bowl appearance and you know a winning record so i mean i to be honest i don't know why he left the nfl i mean the 49ers are kind of pushing him out but money um Michigan, I mean Michigan, Michigan unzipped the bag and dumped <laughs> it out. He definitely uh, chased that uh, bag, and that's I think that's why I don't get too upset with the NIL situation uh, because coaches, well, we can't expect players to be loyal to universities and stuff uh, when coaches are leaving uh, for a bag as well. Uh, well, again, we've talked about this before. I think there needs to be some sort of cap on uh, on these NIL um, deals, and there is some tampering going wrong uh, going along in the uh, transfer portal. But uh, for the most part, I can't you know can't hate on the players for uh, leaving a school, transferring maybe a year or two out when they're maybe not getting PT or maybe they're not getting the money they want. Now I will say to remind these players, uh, development and NFL money is more important than the NIL quick money they're going to get in uh, college. Yes, you might unless get, you know you suck. Yeah, I mean you might get 90k, 100k, and that's great. But in the NFL, you're going to get millions. So, you know, weigh your options. Go to where you're best needed, best fit, um, where you can best get developed. Um, and hopefully make your right, make the right choice for you. And if some players are like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to play in the NFL. All right, take the NIL money, man. Take it while you can. Um, but, yeah, for Jim Harbaugh, like you said, you mentioned uh, we t- he reached out to the Panthers. You mentioned the Cardinals, um, which obviously would be – I think it would be a good fit for the Cardinals as well. Um, they do still have Cliff Kingsbury. That would have to, you know, ditch. I think that uh, to me, the Colts um, would probably be the blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> Colts probably would be the best option. I get a little tongue tied here. Um, and maybe the Dolphins. And I don't want to say this, Dolphins fan. Mike McDaniel's started off. Everyone's like, oh, he's a good coach. He's really cool, right? He's a player's coach. But we've seen. They went from hero to zero very quickly down there in South Beach, uh, due to lack of preparation, due to him just, you know, the whole team just allowing Tua to get Tua concussions, um, and more. 
I'm uh, actually going to have – I I might want to debate you on that. You can debate me. Their offense says – I, um, I don't down. think that – They have Tyreek and they have Jalen Waddle, but – my but Daniels. I don't think has, that, I don't think that I don't think that's a great. head coach. I don't think that's a head coaching issue. I think that's a so you can't as a coach you can't prevent injuries. Uh, so Tua was their guy. They unloaded everything into Tua. I mean, it was full blown, uh, all in on Tua this season. You know, they went out and got him a disgusting wide receiver, and he got. Concussion after concussion after concussion after concussion. And it's not his fault uh, that he got those concussions or anything like that. Plus, it's his first year ever as a head coach in the NFL. Uh, I would say more the medical staff. And I'm not, uh, I'm not trying uh, to say that. Listen, I'm not trying to say the Tua concussions are necessarily on him. But as a coach, you have to see your player sitting there wobbling on the field and then, you know, boy, I don't care what the medical team says, dude, you can barely stand here getting off the field. My main thing is I, True. Think, I, I think that he's simply just trying to be that cool coach that everyone's just chill with instead of just being also a coach. I think he's more trying to be, like, cool with the players and actually coach them. And the, the Dolphins, I mean, you cannot sit there and the Dolphins do not look like the team that they used to be. Like yeah, before, but you can't they were fault. better than people thought. They were better than the Bills. People thought before that the Dolphins were better than the Chiefs. That the Dolphins were paid, you know, on the way to make the Super Bowl. And right now, there's potential they don't make the playoffs. So I would say that uh, you can't fault him for the way that he's coaching right now because one, he's one of the youngest coaches in the NFL. He is. When he became the head coach, it was one, another one of those. He's unqualified. Uh, he doesn't have enough experience. Why are they hiring this guy? So he has to go out there and he's got to make the team like him. You know, it's not a, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be a Bill Belichick. You know, it's going to be screw you, screw you, put your phone down, shut up. You know, we show up when we work 24 7. Exactly. He's not a, <laughs> he can't go in there and be an emotionless guy. You know, he's got to make these connections with his players that are going to be there for years. So I, I really cannot imagine he loses his job after this season. I think it's a, after this season, what went wrong and during the offseason, fix those issues. You know, the offensive line has got to protect Tua if Tua continues to play. Because, I mean, that dude is getting slaughtered out there. It, I mean, if it continues like this, it's going to be another Andrew Luck. You know, he's just going to retire too soon because he doesn't want to continue to get concussions and end his life early. Because if he continues playing like that and gets those concussions time and time and time and time and time again, he's done. And somebody should pull him out regardless of if he wants to play or not. I don't see him losing the job. I think give him another year. I think things will start to piece together uh, better for him. It's just he's a young guy trying to get the team under his you know, wing and behind him, pushing him and you know, rooting for him. Uh, the injuries, if they have a fairly injury-free season, I think they are playoff bound. Uh, you know, beef up that offensive line. And then, as a head coach, if you were a head coach, are you 100% watching your quarterback all the time? Like 24-7? Are you just hawkeyeing him? I, I mean, you should be you know, paying attention watching... to the game. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying you're paying attention to the game, but if you're on the sideline and you got 
all these people running around, you're trying to make decisions and you're trying to, you know, do clock management, all this other stuff, come up with the next play. I'm not going to sit there and watch my quarterback get up after a seemingly harmless play. You know, if he stands up, I'm like, all right, what's the next play? You know, you get in, you come out, whatever. You know, I'm not going to sit there and be like, all right, See, I'm not wobbling? trying to fault him for the Tua situation. That's, what I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying as far as – Somebody it, else on that team should have pointed it out. Someone, someone should have pointed it out, but I just – I don't – I'm not saying he should be fired for Jim Harbaugh. I know I made the, raised that question. I just – I raised that question because Jim Harbaugh is a proven Super Bowl – not winner, but Super Bowl head coach. Do you go, hey – Maybe maybe we missed the playoffs and we're not, you know, maybe Jim Harbaugh can get us over the hump with what we have. But then he raises the question, you know, is two of the answer. He's had a pretty good season, but could you – not in this – I don't think this class, QB class, is great. Uh, I think there's some gems here and there, but, you know, is two of the answer – Is there is has Tua hit his ceiling? Has Tua yes. hit his ceiling? Because – if you give – think about this, and this is the reason why I want to bring up Tua, right? I think he's a good quarterback. But if you put a Derek – I think Derek Carr is a decent, you know, solid quarterback around the range. But if you give Derek Carr Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and company, if you give uh, Jalen Hurts – To be fair, they did give Derek Carr the best wide receiver in football. So They did, and Delvante Adams is having a pretty stellar season. Uh, so it's not like, you know – that to me, the Raiders suck not because of Carr, although he hasn't had a great season. He's thrown a crap ton of interceptions. Uh, he's not having the best season himself, but also McDaniel's is not a good head coach. I don't know why we keep hyping up McDaniel's when he was with the Broncos. They sucked. He went back to the Patriots. The Patriots offense was decent, average at best. Went to the Raiders, got hyped up because he was Bill Belichick's "quote unquote" protege, and the Raiders now suck. To me, McDaniel's is the reason why the Raiders suck. They have talent. Yeah. They have talent everywhere on that Raiders. Uh, yep. Often. That's why I think Harbaugh would be a good fit there. I'd ride, but they can't get rid of McDan- or, um, McDaniels because, you know, He's a terrible wise. coach in a fantastic situation. Yeah. And um, so, but, so, so Tua, I think with his situation, you put, and I know we kind of sidetracked here, guys. We're talking about Jim Harbaugh. Um, but, you know, that's how that's how things work, right? In the podcast system, you you sit there and you talk, and then you just you got point after point after point. So, but with Tua, I think that if you put any other quarterback in that situation that's slightly mobile, like if you imagine Justin Herbert and with the Dolphins, like I know he's got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but those both guys are always injured and Austin Eckler. But if you put, I think if you put Justin Herbert in that Miami Dolphins. Uh, situation, the Dolphins are legit Super Bowl contenders, and I don't see that with Tua. I think Tua's hit his plateau. I think he's again. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. And I think he's. And I think I do think he's being uplifted by an incredible receiving core that's taking some of these dink and dunk passes 50 yards down the field and kind of inflating his stats uh, more than people are realizing. And I know, I know, Acho and, and all these guys are Tua is way better than. Um, Justin Herbert and Justin Herbert says a social media quarterback and yada yada yada. I'm taking Herbert over um, over Tua in my personal opinion, and I think that I would also. I think that maybe that's what's holding the Dolphins back. I don't want to say um, 
it's the head coach. But, yeah, I think Harbaugh could potentially get them over the hump. But I think, to me, like we talked about, Harbaugh, Colts, we see that. Uh, so I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, Spencer uh, Sanders, the Oklahoma State quarterback who entered the transfer portal mm-hmm. uh, reportedly, I don't know if this is true because the post kind of seems jokey. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like he has withdrawn himself from the portal and is returning to Oklahoma State. And the reason why I think this might be a joke is because the post says, when asked about his decision, Sanders replied, when I realized I can't throw any more picks if I don't have anyone to throw to, it was an easy decision to stay. Yeah, I don't know if that's a, so, it's a real quote. I, I, can't, I can't verify it, but it is a Oklahoma Sooners uh, verified page. Not Oklahoma Sooners, but it's somebody who yeah. writes. So it might be true, and then they right. added in that uh, false information I mean, at the end there. You got um, the Coastal Carolina um Coastal uh, Carolina cat uh, McCall, he was going to go to Florida, but could not get in due to academics, uh, and then was going to go to Auburn instead, could not get in because of academics, and he withdrew his name, so he's returning to Coastal Carolina. Uh, I know Myrtle Beach is a party town. That's got it. I mean, I know Florida and Auburn are hard schools to get into, but dude, all you got to do is have a two point five to transfer. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My man is living it up down there in Myrtle Beach, Dirty Myrtle. Uh, hey, it's not a terrible place if you're in college. Yeah. I mean, if you're over the age of 21, it's like a... Maybe you should transfer to Texas. You know, Texas tweeted out a year ago to a team average of 2.89 GPA, and they, that's the highest Texas has ever had, <laughs> which is sad. <laughs> most, terrible. Teams, most teams are sitting at a 3.0. These are like, yeah, 2.8, yeah. Our, our guys are smart. <laughs> our boys are in the books. Oh, man. So maybe Sam McCall could have went to Texas, you know? I mean, they got a little QB room over there with Arch Manning and uh, Quinn Ewers, but, yeah. So, but, yeah, guys, uh, let us know your opinion on where you think Jim Harbaugh will potentially go in the NFL. Uh, there's a couple teams, uh, I, th- I think, like the Colts. Maybe the Panthers, Panthers are, players are advocating – uh, for their current interim head coach to take over. Um, so, speaking of Michigan, they lost to TCU. Uh, TCU versus uh, Georgia. Um, who you got and why? I'm going to say TCU. Now, Ooh. I hope I don't jinx TCU. Because I've gone against them this whole entire season. And they have absolutely proven me wrong every single time I've picked the other team. Now, TCU beat Michigan. Michigan beat Ohio State. Ohio State just lost to Oregon. So, I don't know. I just TCU just seems to have the edge right the now. The underdog kind of yeah, they've got story the going on. grit. They've got the heart. They've got the passion. The you know, it's like, this is This is what we have to have and nothing else. Georgia is kind of like, woo, we're back. You know? Nah, it's more it, of a bark. It just just kind of seems like yeah we're here again you know it's cool yeah. it's all right whatever you know tcu's like this is the greatest moment of our lives and we're giving it our all and plus they whooped michigan they did i mean they they absolutely they took it. embarrassed michigan uh georgia won by a missed field goal so yeah i mean i don't know i i, I got tcu i think georgia's gonna put up a fight 
It's going to be a good game. Hopefully it's a good game because I thought the TCU-Michigan game was going to yeah. be like a close game the entire time, but TCU just opened up that cannibal pass. Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnson. Hey, listen, there's a lot of arguments and who receiver one is. You know, you got um, Ibaku from uh, – from Ohio State, Addison from USC. To me, Quentin Johnson's uh, wide receiver one for me. So, just throwing it out there. I think TCU has a gym in Quentin Johnson. Oh, and I say that as an Eagles fan who's reserved about TCU wide receivers, <laughs> Jalen Rager. So, um, so, you know, no PTSD here, but I'm going Quentin Johnson as <laughs> the best receiver in this draft. So, I think that um, – Listen, I want to go TCU, man. I want to follow you. I want to follow you, my brother Taylor, to TCU well, you, glory. Well, you kind of have to. I have to. And I, I'm, go, I'm rooting for TCU, and I am so wholeheartedly rooting for TCU. Please, you know, I am praying for T- TCU if you're listening. I, listen, win this game for the rest of America. Hands on his hands and knees right now. Yeah, I am begging. Ba- yeah. I don't want to hear no barking. I don't want to hear grown men barking <laughs> like they're at a pound. I don't, hear I, don't, I don't want to hear that. But I think yeah. Georgia's going to win. I think Georgia's defense is better than TCU's defense. And I think TCU can go, if they can get something going, they can go for tit for tat as far as that because I don't think Stetson Bennett is that good of a quarterback. I think he's a solid quarterback. He didn't look good either. He and didn't look good last game. A lot of his, you know, plays were because Brock Bowers or – uh, some of the receivers taking it and then pushing it downfield, going short, going to slam. Yeah, Brock Bowers up. pretty much saved them that game by yeah. extending on that uh, one of the final drives. Yeah, the Ohio of the game State kicker three. lost them. Uh, lost Ohio State the game, but yeah. you know, not paying attention uh, to where he needs to kick the ball. But uh, yeah, I I think Uga wins. Unfortunately, back to back, I might have to hear it. I think Georgia is now the team to beat in college football. But I want, I want TCU to win. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Georgia wins, but TCU, you've got my heart. And if you win, that's the underdog story completed for me. That, that's a, that's yeah. ESPN 30 for 30 right there. So, Agreed. Yeah, the, the Duggan 30 for 30. Yeah, the Duggan. I'm Duggan. He needs his own 30 for 30. I mean, the dude was benched at the beginning of the season, yeah. came in due to injury, and now they're in the national championship game. Yeah. And he was a Heisman finalist. I mean, come on. To me, Max Doug, uh, Duggan, uh, Duggan is a, a college quarterback to the status quo, just like Stetson to me is. Uh, in the NFL, I don't think Max is going to do too great. But uh, it's kind of like a Tim Tebow. Is... Kind of like a Tim Tebow. Where like, not, he's not on Tim Tebow's level. I'm not saying that, Florida fans. No, no, I'm not no. saying that, college fans. Tim Tebow is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, college football uh, quarterback of all time. right? But I'm saying as far as they did great in college, they got to the pros, did not pan out. Simple as that. Max Duggan just seems like a Taysom Hill. Yeah. Just another Taysom Hill just with a better arm. Yeah. And red hair. What's with TCU quarterbacks and red hair, man? They <laughs> Andy Dalton and uh, Max Duggan, you know? Pretty crazy. Tell you. Not right. a TCU fan. Hate him. So, Bama played, Bama played well, and uh, so did Ohio State for the most part. It comes down. The quarterbacks, the people were talking about, for the number one quarterback in the upcoming draft is C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Um, two powerhouses, Ohio State, Alabama. Who do you have and why as your QB1? And maybe it's not Stroud or Bryce Young. Maybe you got someone else. Some people are saying, well, Levis. 
Uh, those people are Mel Kuyper. We can end that. Yeah, we can end that right yeah. now. Um, we'll just Todd McShay um, and Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper had a little too much moose in his jobs. hair uh, on that one. But uh, I think that his hair grows each and every single every year. Season, every season. Every time he lies, it grows more. So every yeah. time he says, we'll let us more. So out of these two quarterbacks, and you can throw in a surprise if you like, but out of these two quarterbacks, who do you have as your QB1? If you're if you're a GM, Taylor, and it's Taylor Roberts, your team is on the clock, who are you taking? And you need a quarterback. I'm going to take Bryce Young because if you look at this past season, Young was dealt – in Alabama terms, one of the worst teams that Alabama has had. Not like they were terrible by any means. I'm not saying that whatsoever. But when you look at past Alabama teams, this was one of their uh, least productive teams. I mean, their wide receivers weren't as good as they normally are. Tight ends, running backs, pretty much all around the board. Wasn't the best Alabama team. But Bryce Young continued to make things happen as if it was their best team that they've had. I mean, he was able to uh, go out there and perform like an NFL quarterback. He's a big guy, which is already a plus for the NFL. He seems composed when he's out there. You and said he's Bryce up Young's a big guy? Yeah. My man is 5'9". For five a quarterback? Nine. He's 5'9", 195 pounds, man. For a college quarterback, he's a big guy. I'm not saying he's like... Six foot four big. I'm just saying, like, he's a pretty built guy for his size. For, I mean, it's for a five foot nine guy, I guess. For his size, <sighs> five nine, 190 quarterback. That's a pretty big quarterback for his size. All right. Anybody that's five nine, that's just crazy though. at the quarterback position. Listen, that's just, I want to side note here. The fact that we have a lot of five ten, five eleven, and a potential five nine quarterback in the NFL. That is insane, it, because back then you, if you weren't six foot one or six yeah, foot two, six foot one and plus, yeah, you weren't getting looked at. So, yeah. So you're saying you're saying you're saying Young, right? I, yeah, I'm saying Young because you know the team that he was dealt. Uh, every time he was up against the wall, he was making things happen, and their losses were never on him. It wasn't like, oh, he yeah. threw a pick really late in the game and gave the win to the other team. He was always his composure was fantastic and he just looked like the pressure of the game never really got to him uh, as far as cj he's not a terrible quarterback by any means but he has one of the if not best teams out there i mean his wide receivers are phenomenal yeah i mean they seriously should be in the national championship game right now and there's zero excuse as to why they're not i don't care if anybody's like, well the kicker missed the field goal Ryan well, they Day, shouldn't man. have been in that position. It's Ryan Day. It is. Yeah, Head Ryan coach. Day is not. I'm not going to say he's terrible because, I mean, they were you don't, just You don't call a pass play when all you have to do is get your <clears throat> kicker lined up. Like, called a pass play, didn't get it, ran the ball. He should have went. What he should have did was his first down. And it was first and 10, second and 10, whatever. Should say, hey, we only got like a 30-yard kick, 40-yard kick, whatever it was. Uh, what hash do you like to kick it from? He should have went to his kicker and said, hey, and then go, all right, guys, we're trying to get to this hash. I don't care if you lose a yard or two, get it to this hash, help our guy out. Instead, you put your kicker in a – it should have been an easy kick, but in the sense of maybe it wasn't the hash or spot where he necessarily is best at kicking. You put your kicker – you put everything on your kicker when you should have helped him out instead of throwing a pass play. What are you going, what are you going for a pass play for? First of all, that could be intercepted. Second of all, it was like like a five yard, ten yard in, uh, a dig route, whatever, and 
So, to me, Ryan Day was the reason why Ohio State lost. Not the kicker. I know the kicker should have made it, but you know, yeah. No, him. I mean, I'm with you. I just so I'm going Young. Just seems like the more composed player. Mm-hmm. Stroud had all the pieces needed to have a better season and look more composed, but he didn't. He failed. And then, secondly, uh, Bryce Young is six foot and 194 pounds. So, no, yeah. Alabama's got to listen a little higher than he'll probably get at the combine. <laughs> when he's at the combine hitting at 5'9", 5'10", we're going to revisit this conversation, sir. <laughs> Everyone knows that these colleges are like, hey, yeah, this dude who's 6'1", yeah, we're going to say he's 6'5", bro. Uh, Intimidation factor. Nonetheless, I'm going to go Bryce Young as well. Uh, so for the simple fact that I think he throws – I think they both throw pretty balls, right? Hold on. Before you continue – just tell me right now, that dude doesn't look, if this focuses, come on. Look at the dude's arm. Come on. Listen, I mean, he looks like, he lo- man, he went dark for a second. <laughs> there you go. There um, listen, I mean, he, he's at the weight room, all right? He's at the weight room. I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to take that He's a, he's a big guy for a quarterback. Yeah, okay. But I'm going to go, I'm going to agree with you with Young because I think that he has better feet. I think that they both throw a pretty pass. They both throw uh, with anticipation pretty well. I think Bryce Young, um, while he's on the smaller side than C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud's more of your prototypical quarterback, six foot four, six foot six foot three, six foot four, uh, two hundred plus pounds. I think that Bryce Young has better feet, uh, better footwork than uh, C.J. Stroud. I think Stroud can get sloppy. Um, I think Stroud sometimes stares at his receivers a little too much. Um, and so to me, uh, and then he's reluctant. He he ran um, against Georgia, but he seems to be more reluctant to run, um, even though he has the ability. To me, my comp for say C.J. Stroud is more like uh, Justin Herbert, but not as high a ceiling as Herbert. Uh, for Bryce Young, you know his comp is gonna be more the shorter cur- quarterbacks, just because of build and size. Probably uh, Russell Wilson uh, kind of build, you know get you in a West Coast offense, get him out from being able to see behind those tall offensive linemen. He can do some damage. He's good at throwing on the run. Um, so I, I'm going to agree with you. I think that Bryce Young is probably the better of the two. But don't be surprised, and I'm not trying to be a homer. I think if he can get good coaching and he takes coaching well, the AR-15 is the best quarterback in this draft because of the tangles. I think AR-15 has the highest ceiling. I think C.J. Stroud... Um, has a decent ceiling, but I think Bryce Young's the best quarterback in the draft. I'm just saying, don't sleep. There's no bias here, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, no, I'm not, they, listen there are other people in the, the NFL community and NFL scouts saying the same thing. Are a- they a- Florida a- alum by chance? No. Anthony Richardson is the biggest boom or bust. He can. He has the biggest, uh, one of the biggest arms in this draft. He's got the size. He's got the speed. Uh, he's a smart guy. I'll say this. AR-15 will be the steal of the first round. Yes, and when he goes to the combine and does his pro day and stands still and throws at 90 yards, there's no way a scout doesn't fall in love with that. To the guy saying no, I, that, I, will, I will give you this. I don't think he's the best quarterback in the draft, but I will say out of every player in the draft, he will be the steal of the draft. He's my, anybody who he's takes my third. Will Levis, he's my QB3. He's my QB3. If, take, if anybody takes Will Levis over AR-15 – I will personally find that person's address, and I will egg their house. Well, that's not the argument, right? Because a lot of people are saying you take Will Levis over C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. And that's ridiculous. 
Oh man. I I don't know. Does does the man have dirt on people? Because show me one game of Will Levis's career where you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's the, the thing. No, that's no. If you compare, I know UK it? fans are gonna be like, well, UK beat Anthony Richardson and the Gators. Anthony it wasn't on Will Levis. Anthony Richardson almost put 400 yards against Tennessee at the time when Tennessee was ranked number one. So that's all I'm saying. 400 yards, and he did it against the, LSU as well. So the game that Florida lost to Kentucky, I'm pretty sure Will Levis had only like 140 yards. Maybe. Yeah, he didn't have much. But let, let's continue on to our next subject. I'm going to pull that stat up just because I want to know what it was. So our next subject is going to be the NF. We're going to go into the NFL. And we continue. Obviously, we're talking about the NFL draft. So we can continue that. Um, while he's looking up that stat, guys, um, there's a, there is an update on DeMar Hamlin. He is at 50% oxygen. He was at 100. Um, his family, uh, apparently this morning, the doctors got the vitals. Um, that they were looking for and hoping for. So he is getting progressively better. He's still in critical condition, though. Um, so continue to pray for him uh, and his family. Obviously, that was a horrific accident. Um, and to Bart Scott, who is blaming T. Higgins for the uh, issue um, at hand and what happened to uh, DeMar Hamlin, Bart Scott, you can kindly go F yourself. Um, this was not That's like T. Higgins. Joke, right? No, it's not a joke. He went on ESPN and blamed T. Higgins and the way T. Higgins hit DeMar Hamlin. Um, you can kindly go after yourself, uh, Bart Scott. This is not a time or place to be blaming, place some blame on T. Higgins or anybody. Um, that was one of the cleanest football plays you could probably ever yeah. produce, ever. So he never, he didn't viciously lunge forward. He didn't viciously attack Hamlin. He didn't do anything outside of a football play. This yeah. was a freak accident through and through, 100%. There's nothing else to it. And anybody that's placing blame on him is a complete moron and should be fired immediately. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's the update, guys. He's at 50% oxygen. Uh, he is – they have seen the – again, they've seen the vitals and what they kind of were hoping for, um, for the, a better outlook. Um, so we continue to pray for DeMar. And uh, hope for a speedy recovery. It's looking like hopefully uh, he's gonna potentially be able to leave the hospital. They're gonna wake him up in a in a couple of days, so um, potentially leave the hospital this week or next. Um, if all if the, again if the timeline that the doctors are expecting happens, he'll be able to leave within the next two uh, week or two weeks. Um, yeah, so that's the update, guys. Uh, I don't know what else more to say. We just keep praying for him. Because, again, he's still in critical condition. Anything, it can take a turn for the worse, and I hope to God that it does not. Um, for his family's sake, and, again, while he's looking up these stats, uh, once he has them, I'll, say, I'll let him say it. Do you have them? All right. Will Levis was 13, 13 for 24, 200 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Against That's Florida. not a yeah. – yeah, against Florida, who apparently is a terrible team this past season, apparently. Uh, we were. That doesn't really. <laughs> that, well, yeah. That's, this is to my point. If, yeah. it, if Florida was that bad of a team, how is this man considered a number one draft pick? QBR of thirty two point six during that game. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna point out Anthony Richardson's QBR that game. No, no. He he played a bad game. Anthony Richardson got better as the season went on. Uh, yeah. But if. If Kentucky was a much better team than, and he was a number one draft pick, 
then he should have put up like three, three fifty, two to three touchdowns, zero to one interceptions, maybe, and his QBR should have been much higher. Yeah, and so you're gonna look at uh, we're gonna look. You know, Anthony Richardson put four hundred passing yards, four hundred passing yards, and they didn't have a high police percentage, and that's something he needs to work on his accuracy and decision making. But he put four hundred yards against Bandy. He put up 453 yards against Tennessee. Um, and then his next big game after that was 271 against Georgia. Against Georgia's defense. He had no interceptions. Uh, last games of the season, he threw, let's last five, he threw six touchdowns, eight, ten, uh, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions. So... 12 to 2, that's pretty good. You take that and he played and you look at it, he played Georgia, he played Texas A&M, who maybe you know, they weren't that great. They played South Carolina team who played had a better end of the year and they played FSU and they Vanderbilt. Obviously Vanderbilt sucked and they lost. Um yada yada yada, but he still you know, he put on a clinic uh, against some of these teams uh running and passing. So that's why I say Anthony Richards is a dark horse. If he can clean up his accuracy issues, he can clean up on uh to me his big issue is touch on his passes. He thinks that everything needs to be shot out of a cannon um but again we we say bryce young right we're on agreeing so there bryce young and anybody saying yep. will levis will levis isn't even my top five guys so I'm, i hate to say it, i don't think will levis is my top five so personally he's not in i wouldn't even take him in the first round no i think that's I put, my personal personal opinion yeah. personal guys opinion. we are gonna that's put it. we are um following the bowl game we are going to start putting out our top five quarterbacks by position our mock drafts and everything like that discussing it on show maybe we do live mock draft we do pick by pick you know taylor gets pick one i get pick two pick three to explain why we're doing that um and we put it out for the world to see and get um embarrassed you know everyone clowns us right uh but we'll, we'll be doing that um, so and we'll and maybe i'll i know how taylor and myself make a top five cl- uh, list for each of these positions as well uh you know, probably start for quarterback, and you're not going to see a, you know, maybe you're not going to see that Kentucky quarterback on that top five list for either of us. You never know. Maybe he hits it. Uh, maybe. Five. You wait. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we will see. Uh, but to continue with the NFL, um, <clears throat> we got, we, we talked about the DeMar Hamlin situation. We're going to go to the NFC playoff picture. We've talked about the Eagles in a couple of videos. Um, are they still favored in the NFC? Um, and are the four? I mean, to me, I think the 49ers are the team to beat right now uh, with Jalen Hurts and the injuries that have happened to Philly and Philly kind of getting exposed in the middle of that defense. C.J. Gardner-Johnson is coming back. The interception leader is coming back this week. Lane Johnson expected to play this season, even with the bum shoulder, and they are getting Josh Sweat back um, and Robert Quinn. So they are getting healthy kind of at the right time. But are the Eagles still the favorite in the NFC? And then if not, who is? I would say yes, uh, if Jalen Hurts is healthy. With Jalen Hurts, I 100, 100% believe they are my favorite for the NFC. I just Without them, absolutely not. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> absolutely not. I just They just are not the team that they're supposed to be. Uh, and that also proves the point that this offense cannot – effectively function without Jalen Hurts. Like everybody has screamed that Jalen Hurts is not the MVP this season because the offense was uh, made where you can plug in, remove quarterbacks as you wish, and that team functions the exact same. 
Well, it doesn't. And it's been proven two games in a row now that it is Jalen Hurts that is the glue to that team. That's the reason why they have this success. He put in the time this offseason. If anything, he needs to be the most improved player because he is a completely different player. He has accurate passes. He stays in the pocket longer now and moves out when he needs to. He's smooth when he runs. He's smooth with everything that he does. I mean, you cannot tell me that this guy is not MVP worthy and that this team functions with any quarterback that you want to plug in there. It's Jalen Hurts that's making that offense run. So I say with Jalen Hurts healthy and in that offense, they are the team to beat. Yeah. And uh... the 49ers. I don't know how. (laughs) I don't know what they've got going on over there. Juicing up but they have bit. been riddled. With, they have been riddled with injuries, just like a bunch of other teams. Except for, they still produce as if this is the team that they've been building for five years. Each player is perfectly healthy. I, I don't understand it. Brock Purdy, <laughs> my God! If there is a quarterback to hype up, like there was the Bailey Zappi hype, there was the. Uh, Trey Lance hype. There was uh, any quarterback that came in after an injury or started this year that was a rookie. The Carson Wentz hyped up. No, definitely not. But any quarterback that you know made their first start, they were hyped up. It was like Heineke or Heineke, whatever his name is. You know, he got the starting job again, and Sam Howell's getting the hype now. So they were like, "This dude's it, man! Like, you want to talk about the next coming? This is the guy. Brock Purdy might be the guy." Because it is not a, oh, he had one good game. And he had an okay second game, okay third game, a pretty good fourth game. This dude is putting on a clinic. Yeah. I don't I don't care what you say. 49ers are the real deal. And I'm not going to say they're going to win the Super Bowl. But if somebody was like, I think the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. Like, All right. Valid. You know, valid suggestion there. I'm not going to argue. I really can't. Cause... I'd argue there that sentiment. I think they have a shot, but uh, the experience that Brock Purdy has going into the playoffs, I think that's what's going to hurt them uh, the most. And not, that's not a knock on Brock Purdy. I think it's just playoff football and regular season football are completely 100%. different beasts, right? So this is everybody. Everybody on that team is giving it their all. Yeah. So. So, but but I, I will say that. I, I mean, I hate to say this, you know, as a Rams fan, but the 49ers, they got it, man. I don't know what it is, but but they've got it. So you're saying that the 49ers, um, the Eagles are your favorite, but the 49ers are um, pretty up there. So yep. then, so I raised the question before I, I go into to my own personal stuff. Uh, 49ers, we're not going to talk about the Eagles here. 49ers the Cowboys? 49ers. 49ers. All right. I, I would agree there. I think the 49ers, what I think a lot of people don't realize is I think the 49ers are what the people thought Philly was, right? You could put any quarterback in and do well. And that's not a knock on Brock Purdy, right? He doesn't – he averages like 7.6 yards a throw, um, which is about league average. But I think, you know, having Brandon Ayuk – um, they have Debo. I think Debo got hurt, though. I think he should be coming back for, for playoffs. They have, you know, CMC. They're getting Elijah Mitchell back at running back. Uh, they have George Kittle. And his, I mean, favorite, they, his favorite target, Kittle. Yeah, they have a stellar offensive line. 
Uh, and if not, an even better defense, number one defense in the league, I, uh, I do believe, with Fred Warner and uh, company there. Um, so what Brock Purdy does have his help there. Uh, again, what I think is going to hinder the Niners is the experience. Not from anybody else on the team, but from the most pos- important position on the team, quarterback. Brock Purdy's got, what, five, maybe six games in a regular season action. He's played solid. Um, he's The thing with Brock Purdy is he's doing what the 49ers need him to do, which is play smart ball, throw it, you know, we're going to get guys open, make the right read, get, get it to the guys, and let them do the work. So if it's a five-yard hitch, 10-yard hitch, 10-yard in, a drag route, um, you know, a slant route, whatever, let Iowick, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, maybe George Kittle up the seam, maybe doing a um, skinny post, whatever, let them do the work. And that's what he's doing. He's he's simply being a slightly better game manager. I don't want to put that game manager tag on Brock Purdy, but he's not doing the things that's going to hurt his team. He is just allowing his players to play, and that's all you that's all you can ask for a quarterback, especially in that system. So I think the 49ers are dangerous if he can continue to do that in the playoffs. I will favor the Eagles as long as Jalen Hurts is healthy. Um, I think if they get C.J. back. Um, on that defense, uh, I don't think people realize how much of an important piece on that middle uh, for a free safety for um, you know C.J. Gardner Johnson, who's one of the better safeties. Uh, he's proven it this year in a contract year. He's one of the better safeties in the league. Um, they did lose Avante Maddox, um, their slot corner, which is a top slot corner for the year, um, which is unfortunate. And they could here's the Eagle, what the Eagles could do is read Blankenship, the backup free safety to C.J. Garner Johnson played pretty well. They could move CJ into the star position or slot position, what Avante did. He played it in college. He played it with the Saints. Moved Blankenship at the free safety um, position. He played pretty well. Um, and then, you know, they have, you know, so to stir up that, the middle of that defense, but they need to do something. Um, but to me, it all hints on Jalen Hurts and that, his arm. Reportedly back at practice, reportedly going to play against the Giants. Um, if the Giants are resting on their starters, maybe you win with Minshew. Maybe you roll with Minshew, let um, uh, Jalen Hurts heal up. Uh, Ocho, you know, we talk about Manuel Ocho a lot. Um, you know, he seems like a good dude. We don't agree with all his takes, but he did make a good point. Uh, with Link, uh, Lincoln Riley, <laughs> I'm looking down at my notes. Yeah. <laughs> with Lincoln Riley at quarterback. We go you know, way back. <laughs> yeah, with Lincoln Riley at quarterback. No, um, when Jalen Hurts at quarterback, if the Eagles are the fifth seed, I still think they're the better team, the best team in the uh, NFC playoffs, um, rather than number one or number five seed. But if they allow an extra week for Jalen Hurts to get healthy, that's probably best. If they lose to the Giants, they fall to number five. I think the Cowboys or the Vikings uh, take the number one seed. Um, but here's the, here's my thing to me. To me, <clears throat> if he's healthy enough to go, if you see him in practice and he's looking good, even if he's not at 100, but he's at like 90%, you play Jalen Hurts. And the reason why I say this is because, yes, while the Eagles are the best team in the NFC, and I agree with you there, they have found themselves in a position where they, we never thought that you would see this, a 13-2 and two team, are in a must-win game. And why I say that's must-win is because a first-round bye lets a lot of your players that are still hurt, 13-3, um, yeah, um, let a lot of your hurt players get one more week of, you know, being healthy. Unlike other teams, who are probably going to lose teams, uh, in, you know, a couple players to injuries round one of the playoffs, and then you get 
home field advantage for the rest of the playoffs. So to me, that number one seed it. is important and worth it for him playing at 90% because I think Jalen at 90% is better than Gardner Minshew at 100%. So, And we've yeah. seen that, right? Everyone's saying Jalen Hurts is not the MVP like you said. He's not the MVP. You can plug any quarterback. Gardner Minshew is a starter, and he is, I think Gardner Minshew is a starter on another team. Just not here. Just not here, right? <laughs> On a team that maybe he's just looking for a quality starter for a couple of years and then they find their guy. Um, not for a Super Bowl potential team. So I think with Jalen Hurts, you play him, you play for that number one seed. Um, and I, like, I would agree. I think the Eagles are number one with Jalen Hurts. Uh, the Cowboys made a push. I don't. Dak Prescott, listen, can we? I'm going to let you talk on Dak Prescott here in a second. 14 interceptions, ties the league with Derek Carr, um, and he missed five games. So, to me, Dak's not taking care of the football. I know Cowboys fans are going to be like, oh, you're a homer, you're a stupid Eagles fan. Cry, Eagles, cry. We beat you. We beat you. You, you know, you can't save Gardner Minshew because you guys beat us with, uh, you know, Cooper Rush. And uh, Gardner Minshew put up better stats than Jalen Hurts, but Gardner Minshew made mistakes that Jalen Hurts would not have made in that game that potentially – would have flipped that scenario, that case around. And you guys barely beat us with Gardner Minshew. Um, and so. you can't bring up your win against the Eagles if the Eagles aren't allowed to bring up the win against the Dallas Cowboys without Dak Prescott. It goes both ways. Yeah. You can't say, you guys can't count that game because Dak Prescott, I'm pretty sure if Dak Prescott played, there would have been four more interceptions thrown that game. Yeah, he has had an offseason, and I don't know why people are so afraid to, to talk about it. Um, so, yeah, I would – I think – I think so, – let me ask that question now. So who's your dark horse for um, the NFC playoff picture? Who's a team that could potentially sneak up out of nowhere, everyone's sleeping on them, and uh, could potentially make a run in the playoffs? What's that team for you? And the NFC. I would say AFC. Or NFC. NFC. We're, we'll get to the AFC in a second, but we're, you know, we'll stick with the N- NFC here. NFC, I would say the New York Giants. I think they – this is a – over the past like four or five years, they've kind of just been this like crap team that has had zero potential uh, ever since Daniel Jones got there. It's kind of just been a uh, like, oh, this dude's a waste of a draft pick. Yeah. Please get him out of New York. Saquon's been hurt. He has been playing the way he's been supposed to be playing. Well, Daniel Jones is having a good season. Yes. Saquon is having a good season. Their defense is actually one of the better defenses in the league. Uh, their draft pick, I can't, uh, Kayvon uh, Thibodeau, he's playing some really good football. I think that the New York Giants are going to have a really good playoff run. I don't think that they're going to go to the Super Bowl or, you know, be like in the NFC Championship, but they can make the they're going to be a team to beat. And there is, there is a chance to make the NFC Championship just like every other team. You know, it's the NFL, any given Sunday, whatever, and Saturday now. But I, I, I think they're going to be that team to look out for. I don't think if the Seahawks make it, I don't think the Seahawks are really anything to worry about. Uh, the Cowboys. So it's just I mean, they're, <laughs> it's, yeah, the playoffs. it's kind of like tradition you know, at this point. Do I, do I want to double my paycheck and bet against the Cowboys? You know, make your money. Because it's the Cowboys in the playoffs, so it's almost a lock. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay, they just look terrible. I mean, they've had their games here and there, and they've kind of turned it around. 
I know this past weekend, Mike Evans had a absolute phenomenal game. But that's it. I mean, like, if you look back at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season, you're like, all right, what's the one thing you remember about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season? Uh, Mike Evans getting into a fight and getting suspended. And then Mike Evans having a phenomenal season and Tom Brady getting divorced. Those are the three storylines of the Buccaneers that I remember. There's nothing else that I'm like, oh, well, they had this one game. Maybe walking off the they field. They just went off. Yeah. Well, that was last season. So. Was it? Yeah. That's, I feel like that. Um, yeah. It feels like ago. it was yesterday, but, it, yeah. yeah, it was against the Jets uh, last season. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, in Minnesota, they're going to Minnesota. I'm, I think they're the weakest 12-4 and four team in the league right now. I think the only reason why they're 12-4 and four is because of uh, Jay Jetta. I don't think Kirk Cousins is really the reason for it this year. Yeah. Uh, and the 49ers are good, so we already know what they're going to produce, and they're probably going to most likely make the NFC Championship if I had to put money on it. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Giants. All right, I'm a, I like that pick. I like that pick. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers, and I know that's going to shock some people. Um, but they've been playing. Definitely shocking everybody over here. <laughs> Listen, they've been playing. <laughs> they've been playing. And this is a dark horse, remember? Like, this isn't like, obviously, it's yeah. the end of the playoff. They've been playing pretty well uh, the past couple weeks. Aaron Rodgers is finding his stride with his receivers. And, uh, finally. Yeah, finally. Um, Christian Watson's looking good. I think that I just, with a, uh, Anthony. Anthony Richardson. I'm saying AR. You got me so many ARs in the in the freaking NFL. It's going to confuse everybody. Um, with Aaron Rodgers, you can't count him out. Um, you know he's a considered one of the greatest of all time. Uh, I think that I just think that they're on. They're hitting their stride at the end of the season where you kind of need to hit the stride. You need to put the pieces together. The defense is playing well. They have two uh, solid running backs in Aaron Jones and. Um, can't remember the other dude's name. AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon, for whatever reason. Christian Watson's finding his stride, and I think that's where um, is going to hurt them is their inexperience at receiver. Um, but I just I don't want to sleep on the Packers. I think if the Packers and the Cowboys play together, I'm picking the Packers. If the Packers play the uh, the Vikings. Uh, I mean, we saw we saw what happened. We saw what they just did. Yeah, so I'm taking, so the, Packers, I'm taking yeah. the Packers. So. I just I don't don't sleep on Green Bay. That's all I'm saying. That's my dark horse. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. What do they? What needs to happen for Green Bay again? I, I know they have to beat Detroit uh, this upcoming weekend, but who needs? I think Seattle needs to lose out. Yeah, Seattle needs to lose. Seattle needs to win. lose to the Rams, and Green Bay needs to beat the Lions, and then they move into the number seven ring. Yeah. So if they get in, that's my dark horse. Uh, then we move over to the the AFC, right? We move over to the AFC. Uh, we talked about the NFC. Uh, are the Chiefs the favorites to go all the way in the AFC? And if not, then who do you got? And then we'll talk about the dark horse in a little bit, but we'll kind of talk about what this is. I got the Chiefs. I mean, everyone on that team is producing. I mean, backups. Pat Mahomes is having an off year, man. We're uh, yeah, a good season for Patrick Mahomes is an off season. Yeah. But it's not great. It's an off season. But there's only three teams that have my attention because New England's not even anywhere on my radar. Uh, Baltimore, I don't even know if Lamar's going to even be back for a playoff game. And if not, they're definitely not on my radar. 
Uh, Jacksonville, they have some talent, but playoff, I just don't think they're ready for it. I don't think that that team really has the uh, experience for a, a playoff push. Uh, the Chargers, they definitely, if look, if they are healthy, like through and through, I'll bump them up and then I'll have like four teams. So it'll be the Chargers, the Bengals, the Bills, and then the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs went out and they go to the Super Bowl again. If it's not the Chiefs, I've got the Bengals. Buffalo has looked iffy. And for the sake of Hamlin, I hope the Buffalo Bills just go out and win it all, you know, for Hamlin, you know, and he recovers and he's perfectly healthy and he's able to celebrate with his team. Uh, Without that situation being in play, I've got the Chiefs or the Bengals winning the AFC going to the Super Bowl. I think the Bengals, they had like a rough start to the season. It was kind of like, you know, the Super Bowl hangover, but they got over it pretty quickly. They only have four losses on the season. And ever since our last loss, I think they're seven straight games they've won now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they've been playing really good. They have They are considered to have the best wide receiver core in the entire NFL with Boyd Higgins and uh, Jamar Chase. If all three of them are healthy and Joe Mixon's able to produce, I got the Bengals. But so it's Chiefs or the Bengals. I, I can't really pick choose one which right one. now. Just, just, just make your, make your pick. Bengals. Cause I don't think the Chiefs have beat the so Bengals. Yeah, Bengals like versus who in the, in the Super Bowl? I mean, that will kind of make your pick for the NFC and the AFC right there. Uh, I'll go Bengals. They're, they're a slight underdog. Bengals versus who in the Super Bowl was the question. I know. I know. I, can I finish? Okay, okay. So I'm going Bengals beating out the Chiefs just because the Bengals have had an edge on the Kansas City Chiefs for the past, like, two years. I think it's two years was a stat. Yeah. But uh, I think Joe Burrow just, for whatever reason, has their number. So I'll go Bengals, Eagles. Bengals, Eagles. The if, ba- Bengals, Eagles, if Hurts is healthy, if Hurts is not healthy, Bengals 49ers. Okay, respect that, respect that. Yeah, I think, like you said, it comes down to the three teams. Simple as that. Uh, for the AFC playoff picture, excuse me, um, was the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals. The Bengals, yeah. um, I think that's it. Uh, AFC is pretty much locked and loaded. I think the NFC is a little more mixed and match. Um, yes. Kind of toss up. The Chiefs are playing lights out. Never count out Andy Reid. Uh, like you mentioned, Joe Burrow does have uh, the Chiefs number. The Bills, I would like to see them, like you said, win. Um, win it all for DeMar. And I think they're going to be playing a little extra motivated um, due to the current situation uh, up in Buffalo. But... Uh, I think it's coming down to the Chiefs or the Bengals, just like you said. Uh, don't count the Bills, but I'm going to go Chiefs, uh, taking it all. Uh, simple as I think that Pat Mahomes gets over the hump, Andy Reid get over the hump for the Joe Burrow kind of sweeps. I remember at the beginning of the season when the Chiefs weren't looking that great and Pat Mahomes wasn't looking that great. People were like, yeah, we we counted them out yeah. at the beginning of the Everyone's season. We were like, this Chiefs, is, this is not Chiefs' year. And then all of a sudden, like week four, it was like. All right, it's Chiefs here. I don't know why we we're doing. Were we all drunk? It was what is going on? What was in our egg? No, you know, I don't know what's going on. But uh, yeah, so I'm gonna go with Chiefs. And then, um, like you said, not trying to be a homer, but I think that Philly right now with Jalen Hurts is pretty much unstoppable with the RPO and the dynamics that Jalen Hurts provides for Philly. 
Um, yep. So I think it's going to be, to me, I think it's going to be Chiefs, Eagles, and I think that Andy Reid gets vengeance on his former team for, uh, you know, letting him go as the head coach. So I think the Chiefs are going to win it all this year um, against the Eagles. And that'd be kind of a cool, like, little story. I don't, obviously, I don't want that story. I want the Eagles to yeah. keep the Chiefs or whoever they play. I want this, you know, another ring in Philly. But um, I think those are probably the three teams. And if the Eagles don't go, um, ah, man. if the Eagles don't go, then I'm going to be sad. No, I'm going to. Cowboys all the way. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, no. If the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl, I'm just not watching it. Okay. No, I, 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 will, I will be honest. If the Cowboys make a Super Bowl, I ain't watching it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, defense wins championships. I'm going to agree with you. 49ers, the other team. Uh, number one defense in the NFL right now. Brock Purdy's playing good. And if he can, for whatever reason, show more experience in these high situations, you know, these uh, big time situations and other quarterbacks in the, the NFC, I think the 49ers are pretty much unbeatable um, with what they yeah, have. Yeah, I remember. So. Perseverance always wins, and that team has been pushed up against their back the yeah. entire season with injuries and all you know, all this drama with Jimmy G, Trey Lance, all this stuff. They've been pushed up against the wall, and every yeah, single time they that, persevere. Imagine that like movie, right? Brock Purdy okay. movie, and it's just called Purdy. It would be called Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Mr. Mr. Relevant. Right, Mr. Relevant. Yeah, it's Mr. And then the like beginning of irrelevant is crossed out to where it's just relevant. Relevant, yeah. And going from the last pick of the draft, leads his team to the Super Bowl his rookie year after the starter, you know. And then the backup gets hurt. And the backup gets hurt, and then he's put into a situation that he is not project. Like if they were to lose all these games, no one would be mad at Brock Purdy. They'd be like, oh, it's yeah. just you know whatever. But the fact he that was he's put winning, into a losing situation. Blah, this blah, is blah. a movie, man. This is a movie ready to be made. I know Hollywood's chomping it. You know, it's licking its chops. They're like, please win the Super yeah. Bowl. We'll make millions. Drooling over there. Yeah. So, I think that's a, uh, you know, that it for the AFC and the the playoff picture there. And the NFC. Um, what's next on the docket? We have, oh, okay. Talking about the AFC, going back to the AFC, we're talking about the playoff picture. The Steelers are somehow have a, they still have a 500 record, and with a win next week, Mike Tomlin keeps his streak alive of never having a below 500 season. Do you think that they win next week? And who do they play next week? I'm gonna pull that up. The Browns. The Browns. Do you think they? Be, the Sean Watson has sucked for the Browns, and Jacoby Brissett made that Browns team way better. I'm just gonna put that out there. Do you think the two biggest wastes of money have been Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Um, do you think that you know Steelers beat the Browns? Absolutely. The Browns suck. They've sucked ever since Watson's come back, and I think the Steelers, as of late, have been clicking and finding a rhythm. And any pick, it's look good. I mean, they just beat, and they just beat the. Uh, Ravens on primetime television. So I think uh, I think the Steelers are going to go out. Mike Thomas is going to continue his uh, never having a losing season record. That's that's impressive. That's impressive. That, that's insanely <laughs> impressive. I don't care who you are. That's impressive right there. I don't yeah. care what you say or be like, oh, well, they don't have me Super Bowl. I don't care. 
this man has never had a losing season in his career. Yeah. Now, I raised the question. We talked about Pickett right, a little bit, uh, just for like a little touch-up. Pickett has looked solid, and he's shown growth the past couple of games, and Pickens has a 78% catch rate on tight window throws, which is insane. The average league average is around 50%. So he is 28% better than DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans and these top-tier guys. Um, what does the future look like for Pittsburgh? Like, is it, does it look bright, um, or should they be kind of concerned or worried? I think it looks bright. The only thing I would say they, they really need to focus on improving is their run game because Najee Harris has not looked as strong as he did last season. He's kind of looked, I don't want to say scared, but he headlines. just doesn't have the same power. And yeah, he just, I don't know, he looks frightened. Like he doesn't have the same get up and go that he did last season. And He's not making if they the can right get their leads. run game figured out and get him, uh, if they can figure that out, They'll be they'll have a good decent team. I don't I'm not gonna say like next two seasons are gonna be a Super Bowl team, but they're gonna be a winning team. Uh, and they're gonna have a couple of spots where they need to tweak within the next couple of drafts. But they're on their way to having a really good team. Yeah. I think Kenny Pickett's playing really good football, and he's proven a lot of people wrong, including me. I didn't really think he was gonna turn out to be like a, a starter or anything yeah. like that. But he's definitely earned his spot as their starter. Sorry, Mitch. <laughs> No, I agree. I think the Steelers do have a bright future. They think they need to work on their offensive line. Um, maybe get a couple more receiver pieces there. Help out the defense a little bit. But I think, like you said, Pickett's look good. Pickens has looked good. Tomlin never having a losing record is insane. Uh, so I'm going to steal their family future. looks bright. That being said, we'll go into our game predictions. Uh, Taylor, do you have the other? You said no, right? Uh, yeah, I cannot access our predictions at this time. All right, so I will. Do you want me to write them down, or do you want me? Do you want to write them down? I do not have anything to write down with. All right, so I'll write them down, and then I'll just convey that. Now, if you guys don't know, if you guys are new to the channel, uh, listen through Spotify or anything like that. uh, We have a running bet that at the end of the season, NFL NFL season, uh, that for the next show we'll have to wear. Or our collegiate team's rival. I'll have to wear Georgia gear, and he will have to wear Texas gear. Um, so uh, we'll get we'll get the information. I think it was pretty close last time, but we'll go ahead and get these game predictions, uh, and I'll write them down. And then any ones that we, basically any ones that we have different is what we're going off, not the ones that we have same or anything like that, because it makes sense. All right, so man. I'll, if you would like, I can read off the games. Yeah, if you have. I mean, I have them in front of me, but you can go, go ahead and do if you want. All right, we'll go ahead and start off with the Chiefs versus the Raiders. All right. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm going with the Chiefs as well, so we're not going to split there. All right, next up we have the Titans and the Jaguars. I'm going Jaguars. I'm going Jaguars as well. Um I was just thinking, I think the Jaguars are looking pretty good. Yeah, and plus this this has got a lot of playoff implications for the Jaguars. If they lose this one, they're, they're out. So I think this is a win for them. Uh, then we've got the Buccaneers versus the Falcons. Taking Buccaneers. And I'm going Buccaneers. 
Then we have the Patriots versus the Bills. I'm taking Bills. Going Bills. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be an even <laughs> slate until we get like a really close. It's All right. Then the we got the Vikings game. and the Bears. <laughs> we got the Vikings and the Bears, and I'm taking the Vikings. Taking Vikings, especially with um, uh, Justin Fields being hurt, and they're starting. I can't remember who they're starting with the Bears, but it, you know, I'm going Vikings. Simple. <laughs> Then we got the Ravens versus the Bengals. I'm going Bengals. Same. If it was Lamar, I might. That yeah, may have been a split. That's, my, that's the reason why I'm not even considering the Ravens. All right. Then we've got the Texans versus the Colts. I'm going to go Colts. Going to Colts. Uh they're they're the Texans lifeline of that offense. Damian Pierce is on IR. Um, Colts have looked bad. I'm gonna go the Colts as well. Um, well, I think without Damian Pierce, that offense for the Texans is pretty much non-existent. So I'm just gonna say there's only like maybe like two games on here where it's like, ooh, I don't know who to take. Yeah. So literally, it's literally going to come down to like maybe one or two games here. All right. So now we've got the Jets versus the Dolphins. I'm taking the Dolphins. I'll take the Jets. All right. There we go. First split. Yeah. Uh, I think the Jets. I don't know if they're playing. I think they're playing Mike White or whoever at quarterback, but they've looked better the past couple weeks. I don't think it matters who they play at this point. Yeah. Panthers versus the Saints. I'm taking the Saints. Taking the Panthers. Okay. I'll take the Panthers on that one. Then we've got the Browns and the Steelers. We both picked the Steelers. Steelers yeah. And then we got the Giants versus the Eagles. Now, this is a tough one because if Jalen Hurts is playing, I'm taking the Eagles. If Jalen Hurts is not playing, I'm taking the Giants. So you got to give, give me your pick now. You can't. Uh... <laughs> no, that's why it's a tough one because I don't know if he's playing or not. Uh, <clears throat> I think regardless, this is a not like a must win because they'll still make the playoffs because they've already clinched. But it's a it sets them up for pretty much the best spot you could possibly ever wish for. So I'm going to go with the Eagles because there's a lot uh, weighing on them, and you don't want to give up the number one spot to the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Philly there as well. <clears throat> Just because I yeah, expect Jalen Hurts to play. So. We got the Cowboys versus the Commanders. Sam Howell's first start, and I'm taking the Cowboys. Yeah, the Commanders team, just dookie. another one of those dysfunctional teams this season. They got some pieces. cannot figure out their quarterback. Yeah. Uh, speaking of quarterback situation, uh, Chargers versus the Broncos. Chargers. I think I'm going to go ahead and go with the uh, the Br- Chargers. Oh, I, was right, I was literally right now Broncos for you. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I may look stupid, but I'm not that stupid. Nah, everyone knows if you wear glasses, you're <laughs> smart. I don't know who told you that, but they were lying. I think every kid in uh, middle school like thinks that, oh, he's wearing glasses. Let me cheat on your test, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Rams versus Seahawks. 
I'm going Rams. I'll take the split on that and take Seahawks. Just to have that split, I think the Rams will probably win. But I need leading a couple more games. I don't know if I'm up or behind, but just to make sure. You, I think it was last time we had predictions, it was a one-score differential, and you were losing by one. Yeah. But you may be up one because I got to go back and try and get the spreadsheet to yeah. figure out what happened the week prior. Anyways, Cardinals versus the 49ers. I'm taking 49ers. 49ers. All right, this is a good one. Lions versus Packers. Both 8-8. Eight eight, both have playoff implications on the line. Listen, every time I pick the Lions, they've won. <clears throat> so... Man. Now, remember, even if you pick the Lions, it does not go against what you said about the Packers because you said if the Packers make the playoffs, yeah, yeah, my... they would be your dark horse. So that it would not... You know, conflict with your uh, statement earlier, so you can pick whoever. I'll take the Lions. I'll take the Lions. I just don't want to. I'm going to take the Packers. I can't believe I won that easily. <laughs> He's like, I, <laughs> I think the Lions that. actually beat the Packers earlier this season. Yeah, which that's what scares so, me because a lot of times you see these conference games where they split, like one wins one earlier, one you know, typically how it rolls. But I'm, I just can't right. go against the uh, Lions. Williams is. All right. You see his interview and he's like Pokey Man's like sitting there climbing the reporter. <laughs> he's like, I just want to go home and play some Pokemon. He's like, So you like Pokemon? He's like, What? He's like, Yeah, I bought my nephew Pokemon. some Pokemon cards. And he's like, Well, if you bought them Pokemon cards, they, they probably suck. <laughs> I was laughing. Dude. Probably knockoffs. <laughs> oh, All right, man. that is it. That is the schedule. Did we do Monday night? There's no, there's no uh, Monday night game? I don't. There isn't one. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't think so because this is the last. Yeah, that's wild. Last week. So they give them that. Uh, they don't give them that there. game on that day so they can get the time to rest up there. Yeah. So our differences are Dolphins, Jets. <clears throat> four games, dude. Four games. Um, Dolphins. Uh, you picked Dolphins. I got Jets, which I'll probably eat my words on that one. Uh, Saints, Panthers, Rams, Seahawks, Packers, Lions. This is it. And Breaking then... news from Hayes Fawcett. Talking about the uh, wide receiver for Michigan. Yep. Yeah, I was reading. That's why I was going to bring up on the show. You were talking. I was like, um, you know, is this fallout after reports coming out? Jim Harbaugh potentially leaving that the players are starting to like. All right, I'm out. Like just in case, I need to find me a better home. If multiple people start dropping out, then yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, people in the comments are already saying. Hardball. Like, Harborough's gone, and this is just the beginning. Get ready to see a bunch of people start leaving. Yeah. NIL deals, everyone, college football. Harborough gone, Harborough gone. Yeah. We'll see. We shall see. All right. Um, for everybody at home listening on Spotify, make sure you hit that follow button. We are going to get on a more solid schedule, we promise. I know we keep saying that, but the holidays are over, so it's going to be a lot easier to get on a normal schedule. I believe we're still trying to do it Tuesday at 7. Correct, Taylor? Correct. So Tuesday at 7 is going to be the normal schedule. Um 
We're going to try to get some more guests on the show. Um, you know, link up with some people. And potentially, we're going to start trying to reach out um, to some of the maybe these collegiate athletes, um, high school athletes. Maybe and it's the offseason now. Maybe we can get some interviews. Uh, who knows? We're going to try our best, guys. Um, so, again, make sure you follow us on Spotify if you're listening from home. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscription button and the bell notification to let us know or to let you know whenever we post a new video or we are live. Taylor, you got anything more to add as before we uh, conclude here? I'd just like to apologize for anybody that does tune in and uh, looks forward to watching and or listening to our show that we have been absent the past two weeks. Uh, you know, with Christmas, years, uh, family coming into town, you know, schedules just did not align as we would have liked them to. We also had a special guest that was traveling. He was also traveling today back home to California. So things just didn't really pan out. But uh, So with that, we apologize and uh, we will start getting back on a regular schedule. And thank you for watching. All right. The boot is out.